If you own one share of Apple stock and you bought it at $200 and that stock went up to $300, you just created an extra $100 of brand new wealth for yourself. Now, to get that extra $100 of brand new wealth, who'd you screw? Who'd you hurt? Who'd you steal from? Nobody. Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another mini episode of For the Love of Money episodes that I like to call My Two Cents. And today, I'm actually going to share with you something that I shared when I taught at Powerful You. Now, if you don't know what Powerful You is, it was this huge event that was put on out here in Los Angeles. And it was all self-development speakers and business speakers. And it was an entire weekend at the Los Angeles Convention Center that was just epic, just awesome. And they asked me to come there and teach on the five new truths about money. Because quite honestly, most of us are living a life below the level that we were meant to live at because we are still believing in old truths about money, old fables about money, um, you know, lines and, and thoughts and beliefs around money that were passed down to us by people that cared about us, yes, but weren't necessarily educated in how to live a wealthy, fulfilling life that allows you to contribute in the way that you really want to contribute. And it was really fun, you guys. I stood here uh, on stage in front of this massive audience and I was starting to tell them exactly what I'm telling you right now, that most of us have this mediocre relationship at best with money and, and also that it doesn't have to be that way. And I went on to tell them that it's not their fault, just like it's not your fault that we have these really weird, almost closet relationships with money either. And it's because growing up, most of us unintentionally were made to feel that way. And then once we were adults, it was reinforced by the way society treats those who speak out loud about wanting to live a better life as if we're not entitled to it or as if we're not supposed to, right? We're almost shamed for it. And I stood on this stage and looked out to the audience and it was a sea of people as far as you could see, right? I looked out to the audience And I said, I can prove to you that money is probably the most awkward subject in your life right now. And I said, by a show of hands, which word sounds slimier to you? Rich or sex? Which word sounds slimier to you? Rich or sex? So I'm like, okay, show of hands. Everyone who thinks that sex is the slimier sounding of the two words, raise your hand. And like, maybe 5% of the audience. I'm not kidding. Not even 5%. And I said, okay, show of hands. How many of you think that rich is the slimier sounding word? And the other 95% of the hands like shot up in the air. And so that just proved that unfortunately, it's become a taboo subject that we need to be comfortable talking about again, or how is it ever going to get any better? How is your life going to get any better? How, is it, how are your finances going to get any better? And then how are you going to live a life of contribution and safety and security and all the things that you are put here to do in the way that you were put here to live? Well, it's not going to is the answer. 
you know, I, I also stood in front of that audience and I had a little bit of fun with them. I said, all right, I want you guys to all finish the following sentences. And so I started with more money, more. And they all said problems, right? You're probably doing it right now in your mind as you're listening to this. Like the whole place screamed in unison, problems. And I said, money can't buy you. And they all screamed in unison, happiness. And I said, money is the root of all. And they yelled evil and money doesn't grow on. And they all you know, answered trees and the rich get rich and the poor get. And they all yelled poorer. Like everybody in the audience knew these BS lines that have been fed to us. So duh, no wonder we have so much shame around money. You know, it's this shame around money and it's this lack of education around money. And it's this belief in the old, outdated truths about money. These are the reasons why I just spent the last two months slaving away, writing down and redefining every single truth about money and redefining the principles about money and how they, it should play a role in our life. You know, I literally created everything that wasn't taught to me in school. And I'm guessing wasn't taught to you in school, but should have been. And, you know, I called it the money principles and, and I turned it into a course. And this course, you know, it's going to make you more confident in attracting money, but more, more, more importantly, it's going to make you more confident in keeping your money. It's going to make you more comfortable in talking about money and making sure that your children understand that money can be a beautiful tool in their life. Like this is one of those courses that doesn't change you. It changes a family tree or it changes your friends around you. And now here was the, the thing when I built this course and, and I'm going to get to these five new truths about money here in a minute. They have everything to do with this. But when I built this course, I literally just put it in five modules saying, what do people need to learn? And I realized the first thing that people need to learn is not like how to use money or, or not like, you know, why is it good? Literally, the first thing that people needed to learn was why does money matter? Why does money matter? That's the first thing you have to understand. What role does it play and what role was it supposed to play? So I literally created the first module, which is why money matters. And I created the second module, which will also surprise you. And that was how money works. I mean, how many of you were taught how the economy works and why there's enough to go around for everybody and, and why if you have $10, somebody else doesn't have, you know, they're not missing $10. You were never taught that. And I was never taught that. And we need to be taught that. So I made that second module, how money actually works. Um, how money, uh, how, you know, money-minded is, is the third one. So how do you have to think about money? How do you have to feel about money? What are the thoughts that you have to program as your default thoughts around money and when you trade money and, and when you deal with money? Because there's another thing that makes us all feel awkward inside. So that was the third module. The fourth module was money moves. Now notice this is the fourth module. You have to do the other three modules before the moves that you're supposed to actually make with your money, what to do with it and in what order. Before that even made sense, I had to teach three other modules because it's not being taught in freaking schools or in life or by parents. So of course I made money moves, the fourth uh, module. And then only after taking those four modules was there a fifth module that I created and that's money magnification. And that's like sticking steroids into the first four modules and taking everything that you learned as these base principles and ramping them up. It's the advanced lessons. It's taking it to the next level. And so it's those five modules that, you know, I put together into this course, I slaved away on. And then I was faced with this, man, that was two months worth of work and everything that I've learned over doing the last 200 interviews with millionaires, billionaires, financial experts, et cetera. You know, all the episodes that you've been listening to putting into one spot. And 
yeah, it was a lot of work. And yeah, it's a course that should have been $1,000 or $2,000. But then I realized if you're doing this right, you're doing it to get it in the hands of absolutely freaking everybody who wants it. And so I made sure that I just bit the bullet. It's not a profit center. Instead, this is now like my mark in financial education for people. And so I made it super cheap. I made it super attainable for anybody that wants it. And, and by the way, if you want to check it out or do it with your kids or do it yourself or do it with your friends, you can go check it out at thetruthaboutmoney.com. Thetruthaboutmoney.com. And these five new truths about money, these are just like five of about 50 new truths that I have in there that I go really deep on. So let's talk about these new truths about money. And one of the old fables about money is this. It's not polite to talk about what? Money. I couldn't disagree more. I feel like we are in the situation that we are in because we're afraid to talk about money. And so I decided that one of the most comfortable ways to talk about money is by laying out these five new truths that you probably haven't heard before. Or if you listen to the show a lot, you might kind of have an idea of, but not where somebody has assembled them and put them in order for you. And the first premise of all these truths is this. It's not truth number one. This is the premise of them all. You need two things to lead an extraordinary life. Number one, you need love. I mean, money without love means nothing. So you need love. You need to love the people around you. You need to love yourself. You need to love causes that you care about. You need to love other human beings. You need to have enough love where you want to make an impact in your immediate life, in your family's life, in your friend's life, and then in stranger's life. So love is the first thing you need. The second thing you need though is money. And again, I, I pulled this audience, right? I'm on this huge stage in front of all these people. And I pulled the audience and I said, by a show of hands, how many of you have a, a cause that you care about or love? And the whole audience, everyone's hands shot up. I said, okay, great. Now by a show of hands, how many of you have enough money to do anything meaningful for that cause? And I'm not kidding, I saw two hands. In this entire Los Angeles Convention Center, I saw two hands go up, that they had enough money to do to actually meaning, meaningfully contribute to the causes they cared about, whether it's your family, whether it's your friends, or whether it's a true cause like a charity or a movement or something like that. And so I said, you need both things. And you, the listener, you need both of these things. You need love, but you also need money because both of them are pretty empty without the other one. Like if you are sitting in your apartment living paycheck to paycheck and you just lost your job and you can't help yourself and you can't help your family and you don't know which way to turn, you can still love people, but it's not a good, comfortable feeling and it's hard to love yourself. And so money just amplifies the love that you have in people. And so this brings me to the new truth number one. Truth number one is this. There is enough to go around. There's more than enough to go around. You know, if you have $10, that does not mean that somebody else is missing $10. Or, you know, if, if you make $100,000 this year, it does not mean that you robbed $100,000 from somebody else. And a lot of people get stuck here. They feel guilty or shameful around wanting to gather money because they're afraid that if they take more than their fair share, that somebody's going to go without. There's no such thing as a fair share. Absolutely no such thing as a fair share. The fair share is as much as you care to go get because money, wealth is an infinite thing. Now, listen, it, not, it hasn't always been this way. Here's where this old adage comes from. And, and now you're going to start to understand, ooh, old rules about money versus new rules about money. Hundreds and hundreds of years ago, 
wealth was measured by land. That was it. And so if I had a castle with 10,000 acres, that means I did have to take 10,000 acres from you and build my castle. And so, of course, people started to believe that if I have more than my fair share, somebody went without. And then it made it even worse when the United States economy and, and most other countries for that matter were all based on the gold standard. So the gold standard, if you don't remember, what that means is the U.S. would only print as much money as it had gold in the treasury. And it could not print more money if it did not go out and get more gold. So once again, yes, there's only enough to go around. There's a limited supply. But then in 1933, it all changed when President FDR took us off the gold standard and said, a dollar bill is really just worth whatever we honor it to be worth. And we can print as many of these bad boys as we want. And so now we live in this brand new world where here's a great example. If you own one share of Apple stock and you bought it at $200 and that stock went up to $300, you just created an extra $100 of brand new wealth for yourself. Now, to get that extra $100 of brand new wealth, who'd you screw? Who'd you hurt? Who'd you steal from? Nobody. It's just because maybe Apple came out with a new phone. People were excited about it. Everyone started betting on Apple. It drove up the stock on speculation. And you created $100 of new wealth without having to take from anybody. So you see, there's not this set physical pie where if you have a big slice, somebody else is left with a small slice. There's an infinite amount to go around. Here's another example. If you own a home, and let's say your, own, your home is worth $300,000 when you buy it. And a few years later, the appraiser comes around. He's like, hey, good news. Your home is now worth $350,000. You now created $50,000 of new wealth in your life out of thin air. Life or wealth is created out of thin air, guys. Now, who'd you have to screw? Who'd you have to hurt? Who'd you have to steal from for that extra $50,000? Nobody. It's because speculation on real estate, supply and demand was causing real estate to go up. Good news for you. Yours went up 50 grand. You're now 50 grand richer without hurting anybody. Now, sometimes people will stop me in this example, be like, "Uh uh-uh, what about the guy who's going to come buy your home from you so you can actually have the 350? And I answer, he's not getting screwed. Because he's buying a $350,000 home for $350,000. So he's getting an equal energy exchange, an equal asset exchange for his money. So wealth is truly created out of thin air now because wealth is just what we honor it to be. It's nothing but a bunch of zeros and ones off in the ether, so to speak. And so because of that, there is more than enough to go around. And so now you have full permission to go out there and get as much as you want without hurting anybody else, without anyone else going without. And that brings us to number two. New money truth number two is this. Abundance is your obligation. I mean, now that you know you get to go full speed ahead, I'm putting you on notice and saying it's your obligation to go full speed ahead. Now, let me be clear. I'm not saying you have to be a millionaire. I'm not saying you have to be worth 10 million or 100 million or a billionaire. Everyone gets to decide their opinion of abundance. But abundance is your obligation for a few reasons. Number one, if you are a capable human being, meaning you've been blessed enough to be capable of creating income, then you need to create abundance for those who were not born capable. We have that obligation. As a matter of fact, if everybody would just do their part and live to their fullest ability and produce to their fullest ability, you've heard me say this before, I believe that every single problem out there would be fixed. There'd be enough solutions and enough money to go around and fix everything. But the second reason is this not just for humanity, not just making up for those who were not born capable like you were, for those who were not born on third base like you were, but for your family, 
Your family deserves to have a life not based on fear and scarcity or ups and downs. It deserves to have a life based on security and happiness and great moments and memories. And take that a step further. Your kids are watching if you're a parent. Your kids are watching what you say about money. They're watching how you handle money. They're watching, are we a family that deserves a lot of money? Or are we a family that says, oh, we, we struggle and, and the Joneses, you know, they're rich. Or, hey, we don't live in that neighborhood. Or we don't drive those kind of cars. Or that's not for us. That's for the other people. Your kids are going to follow suit. So what kind of financial life do you want for your children and your children's children? And all the way down the line. Your abundance is your obligation because you get the chance to change your family tree. And the third reason is this, you personally, you personally were not put here to suffer. You were not put here to live paycheck to paycheck or worse. You were not put here to live in fear and misery and hurt. What would be the point? Of course you weren't. You were put here to thrive. That's why you were given certain talents, certain desires, certain carrots, as I call them. It's your obligation to go produce enough abundance to live a life of abundance, however you define abundance for you, for your family, and for the person next to you that was not given that ability to do so. New money truth number three is this. Financial stability is a lie. It's a farce. Instead, aim for financial ability. Let me repeat that. Financial stability is a lie. Instead, aim for financial ability. You see, the problem with financial stability is it actually makes us play small. It actually makes us conservative. What are we taught growing up? Go to a good college, get good grades so you can get a good job. And if you do good at the job, then you can have a nice retirement and everybody lives happily ever after. How many people do you know that's coming true for these days? I literally cannot name that scenario these days for probably more than 10 people, maybe five, because the world's changed. The world's moving faster than ever. Wins and losses are happening faster than ever. Jobs are changing faster than ever. Robots are coming in to do your jobs faster than ever. That is the old truth about money. The new truth about money is financial stability is a freaking lie. Financial ability is the only thing that you are supposed to go out there and get. Now, what is financial ability? Financial ability is your ability to create new income, your ability to invent income, your ability to understand money. Financial ability is your ability to be comfortable with the idea of money and to talk about money. Financial ability means you know how to create residual or passive income sources. Financial ability means you know how to diversify your income and your wealth. Financial ability means you have enough financial ability to know this. If you were to lose it all tomorrow, you could look your children in the eye and say, don't worry, I know how to get this back and then some. That's financial ability. Financial stability is, ooh, look, my 401k is on track. I've got some equity in my house and my boss still likes me today, so I must be secure. Except here's what happens. One argument with your boss or your boss gets hit by a train. Where'd your stability go? One more crash, like the one that we had last year in the housing market. Where'd your equity go? Where'd your 401k go? Back to zero, back to nothing. That's not financial stability. Financial ability, you ready for this? Is really the only place that any stability comes from. That brings us to our fourth new truth about money, and that is this. Money can and likely will make you happier. Money can and likely will make you happier. You have to try this on for size for me. We've been told our whole life, money won't make you happier. Money won't make you happy. Now, listen, 
at the core, what they're trying to say is if you're a miserable jerk, then with more money, you're just going to be a miserable jerk with more money. Or if you have true issues with depression, then with more money, you're just going to be a wealthier person with true issues of depression. Or if you have an addiction problem, then you're going to be a wealthy person with an addiction problem. At the core, that's what they mean. But what's prob- what the problem is, is everyone's abused this now. They've abused this saying to not have to go out and pursue a wealthy life. They've abused this saying to justify why they're not doing it. They've abused this saying to hold you down so that you feel bad about going out and pursuing money. I'm here to tell you this. Money can and likely will make you happier because every moment in life, every freaking moment falls somewhere on a scale of one to 10. One is it robs you of life. It's miserable. 10 is it gives you life. It's the best moment ever. Like mark this down in your memories. I'm so happy. Every single moment falls somewhere one to 10. And money increases the number of possible 10 moments that you will have. And it decreases the number of possible one or zero moments that you will have. Give you some really easy examples. If you have a car that you are not sure if it's going to make it to work each day, if it breaks down in embarrassing places, if when you get in, the radio doesn't work, if you have a car that you absolutely just hate walking out to because you feel ashamed of it, that means every single time you need transportation, you're experiencing a zero or a one moment. Now, if you have a car that you can't wait to see and when you walk out to it, you say, oh my God, that thing is so pretty. Look at the lines on it. When you get in, you love the smell and how it sounds and how it drives. And best of all, it's reliable. You know, it's going to get you from point A to point B. There's no fear there. That's increasing your chances at having 10 moments. Every time you get in that car or walk up to it, you're having a 10 moment. Let's use another example. If you hate the city you live in, the house you live in, if you're forced to live there against your will because you financially can't change it, Every time you come home, every time you go out in your town, every time you know somebody cuts you off and track, whatever it might be, it's going to be a zero or a one moment on the scale. When you wake up and you love your bedroom and you go downstairs and you love your home and you walk outside and you love your neighborhood and you love your city, come on, let's be honest. You're going to have a hell of a lot more 10 moments on the scale. Or think about your kids. When they say, hey, can we go to Disneyland? And you say, I'm sorry, I can't afford that. Where does that fall on the scale? Zero or one? Or when you say, kids, not, our, not only are we going to Disney, we're going to spend an entire week there making memories. Let's go. That's a 10 on the moment, on the scale. Think about this. When somebody you love comes to you for help, here's where it really becomes important, guys. When somebody comes to you for help that you care about, I really want you to picture someone you care about right now. And they come to you and they say, I'm really having trouble. I got myself into a jam. Could I borrow $2,000? I'm in so much trouble. That very scenario. If you're like, I'm so sorry to hear that you're in a jam. I can't help you. I would if I could, but I can't. That's the worst feeling in the world, a helpless feeling, clearly a zero on the scale. But when you can look them in the eye and say, yeah, no explanation needed. I care about you. Here you go. Here's $2,000. Let me get you out of this jam. No strings attached. That's a 10. There's no better feeling on the planet than giving. Giving to someone you love, giving to a cause, you name it. That's a 10. So yeah, money can make you happier. And yeah, money will increase your chances at 10 moments and decrease the chances they're going to have these zero and one moments. And my exact last example of giving brings us to the new truth about money, number five. And that is this. Giving is the secret to everything you want. If you follow the show, you've heard me say this before. It truly is. When I read 30 books in 30 days, those books had no common agenda. My only agenda during those 30 days was that 
the books had to be less than 300 pages and it had to improve me in some way. And so book after book after book, they had different agendas like seven steps to this or the biography of this or a relationship book or a spiritual book, you name it. It was all different types of books, except halfway through these books around book 15, I'm like, whoa, babe. I turned to my wife, babe, you're not gonna believe this. So far out of all these books, no matter what the book's agenda is, no matter what it's trying to sell me, the secret to what it's trying to sell me is giving. Giving is a secret to everything you want. And that held true, true through all 30 out of 30 books, by the way. And here's why. I want you to really think about it. Want a better body? Want better health? Then give better workouts to it. Give more attention to it. Give better food and better fuel to it. Want a better relationship? Give more attention to it. Give more love to it. Give more presence to it. Want a better job? then give more at work. Want a better career? Give more in your business. Want a better bank account? Give more to your investments. Give more effort to creating income. Give more, give more, give more. Giving is the secret to everything you want. And on top of that, here's how the world works. To become wealthy or comfortable, then you must obviously be creating massive income and then taking care of that massive income. And the easiest way to do that is not by going at it alone, but by having a tribe of people helping you, right? Your network is your net worth, so to say. And so the more people and the more things that you give to, the way life works, the more people are going to want to give back to you. Give more to your products and your customers are gonna become raving fans. Give more to your service and your customers will be fans that can't stop talking about you, can't stop buying from you. You don't give to get. But good news, that's just the way the world works. People want to give back to givers. And so giving is truly the secret to everything you want. So I say out with the old truths about money. They're holding us back. And I say try these new truths about money on for size. Really try them on for size. Take them for a test drive. There's enough to go around. Abundance is your obligation. Financial stability is a lie. Go for financial ability instead. Money can and likely will make you happier. And giving is a secret to everything you want. If you promise to try these five new truths on, your life is going to change. And that's why I spent two months building these things into the money principles. That's why I teach why money matters and how money works and how to be money-minded before even teaching the fourth module of making the right money moves. Because these things need to be taught. These new truths need to be tried on for size, taken for a test drive, and need to become part of your DNA so that they then become part of your friend's DNA and your family's DNA and your church's DNA and your neighborhood's DNA and your community's DNA. It all starts with you. So if you want to go learn about all the new truths about money and how to think about money, what to actually physically do with your money, the moves with your money, then go to thetruthaboutmoney.com. Thetruthaboutmoney.com. It has it all right there for you. Because when you do, all your financial dreams are going to come true. And you already know my saying, when good people like you make good money, they do great things. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. 
It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.